1: Welcome to the Tea with Brie, I'm your host Bree. thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Every week we'll start my guest bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go on to a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week I am joined by my guest, Deanna Smalls, sorry, Dr. Deanna Smalls, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, so
0: go ahead. Hi, uh, everybody. My name is Deanna Smalls and uh, I am getting to know Bree through Alex S. Mm-hmm. Scroll back through the episodes, you'll know.
1: Episode 91, Alex. There we go.
0: <laughs> Shout out.
1: <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to be here with you today. Me too. <laughs> um, so I have met Dr. D because she is a dentist and I've been back on my dental journey. Um, and for me, I'm gonna just like talk about how great you are for 30 minutes. Hi. Um, so, for me, being able to be back into getting going to the dentist and, you know, being a Black woman going to the dentist and being able to find a Black female doctor who is a dentist was super important to me. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you today about your journey into dentistry, creating space into dentistry, um, and what's led you here and the impact you've had on people. So, yeah, I wanted to start with. How you got into dentistry?
0: So uh, I got I went into college thinking I might do it. I knew that I didn't want to be doing something where I was not appreciated. Appreciated, <laughs> um, but the thought came to me originally when I was in high school, and I just went to my dentist's office and. I had to get like fillings and stuff done. I didn't know what a filling was. All I know is that my mom told me to be there at two thirty, and I better not be late. Bet so better not, <laughs> not be <laughs> late. So um, I'm laying there, and all I see is hands moving. I don't know what's going on. I don't feel anything, and I was really curious, like what's happening. So then I asked him to come back and see if I could just watch him work. And they did, I'm like, you know, this is a job where I can work with my hand. Maybe, maybe this is something I wanna do. And then in college, I was volunteering with this group called, I uh, can't remember the group, but it was a group where we volunteer. They have—they give medical, dental uh, care, food and clothes to people who cannot get those things. And um, this is really, strong, big, tough guy, tattoos, everything, but in tears because his tooth was burning and like ready to just end it all, you know? And this guy in a polo and some khakis was a dentist and he was like, I can help you. And in a matter of like an hour, the guy who was crying is literally smiling and hugging this guy. And it was lit. just this dentist, Saturday afternoon off. And the fact that he had that much impact on somebody, it really spoke to me. So from that moment, I was like, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna help you. I I really
1: love that story. And you know, as I get to know you more and you know, having heard that story before of you just wanted to know. And I think about how often, like, especially like when you're little, like, I want to be anything, but I don't think I've like ever thought about being a dentist. And I just don't think it ever crossed my mind because I never saw anyone. And we talked about this of like, you are the first black dentist I've ever seen. And I'm 32 years old and I've lived, you know, Austin, I've been here six years. I'm from the Northeast where I saw many diverse people, but I've never seen a black dentist, a black female dentist. Um, And especially being here in Austin that is, you know, has a large or fast growing black population of millennials and families and students and, just knowing the impact you're going to have and, you know, having talked to Alex when I was coming in to go back to dentistry and go to enamel, I was like, I only want to go if Dr. D can be my dentist because I had like so much shame because I hadn't been to the dentist in so long, like didn't have dental insurance because working at nonprofit jobs, that didn't give me dental insurance, which we need to talk about another time in life. Yeah, (laughs) please. Um, and then, you know, things, things just like keep building up. You can't afford it um i told you about the experience when i did go to another dentist in town and you know i had all these things going on with my teeth and like well we we can't even do anything for you until you go to the doctor so if i'm not going to the dentist i'm not going to the doctor because i don't have health insurance right now so then i just didn't go and so this was like my first chance to do that and go and get the help i needed and for you to be there and take the time to explain everything that was going to happen ask me if i was okay the whole time you're like i'm going to keep checking in on you to make sure and then also, you know, when I did have my cleaning, it was done by another hygienist, but her, she, her as well, she was another woman of color and her being like, if you're uncomfortable, tell me. So it does a feel right? Tell me if, you know, any questions you have while we're going through this, please tell me. Like just creating that sort of space and environment that I think a lot of people of color don't get and go to the doctor and being so afraid to go to the doctor and, you know, the access into healthcare. Um, so yeah, I just want to know like what it's been like for you to be a black female doctor in a city that is still predominantly white, but is seeing a growth of the population here,
0: one thing that well, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I think helped me a lot was um, my mom made sure that my doctors, the best that she could, were black women, mm-hmm. and. Even if I was crying, you know, I don't want to go. I still saw. It. I paid attention and it registered to me. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through these processes and you, you don't see a lot of people that look like you, mm-hmm. you start to question, is this for me? But I was lucky enough. So I had mentioned I had did some summer programs mm-hmm. to get into dental school. You know, I <laughs> had to pad that resume. <laughs> so one of the programs, I, two other programs I did were Black people trying mm-hmm to get into medical or general school. And those summers were the best. I still keep in contact with those people. You know, some of them are in business now. Some people are teachers, you know, it didn't really matter, but it was black and brown and Asian and all different kinds of people trying to break that barrier mm-hmm. because medicine is predominantly white. Most mm-hmm. of the statistics that we have on people are based on white people. And so to see those, these young, you know, women and women trying to, break those barriers, it was it was moving and I love it. And I still, you know, keep up with them when they have babies and yeah. stuff. It's, it's real fun. And it's it was motivating to know that I'm not the only person out there trying to do it. So they can't deny us all. Right.
1: Right. And I think it's super important to talk about the dental school you did end up going to was in San Antonio, which is just south of Austin. Um but for me of all well, I've I haven't spent much time in San Antonio, but for me it's super traditional, super Catholic. Um, and for me, I thought about moving there a couple years ago, but for me, I didn't feel seen. And like Austin is growing and changing, which is really great, but even stuff like San Antonio isn't there. What was that experience like going to a dental school in San Antonio? And I know you, I need you to break down the numbers too, because I think that's like so important of what your
0: dental school breakdown is for black people. I think the college that I picked helped me be prepared for San Antonio. So I went to school in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, For people who don't know, it's hella south. And anything south of San Antonio, you're not really seeing, like, let's be real. We're just not out there. Um, It's all farmland. So being at that school, and and I got harassed a lot uh, at the club, walking back to my car, whatever. So it was weird, but that experience had me more ready to be alone when I got to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So then when I saw that there were four other black people in my class, I was ready to go. You know, we weren't, we didn't always hang out together, but the fact that we knew we could always lean upon each other, Mm -hmm. that's what we needed. And um, the numbers, so each time, each year, there's a certain amount of people that apply to San Antonio. And um, like I said, there was only four Black people in my class of a hundred and some odd. And when we got to our senior year, we were looking around like, okay, why is this happening? Because the year after us only had three and the year after that maybe had four, mm-hmm. but it was it was still like fours and threes. And it's like, what are you basing this off of? So, you know, we asked like, how do you determine how many Black people get into the school? And at the time we were told, you know, it's because not a lot of black people are applying to the school. We only take so many. So say 10% of the total applicants to San Antonio are black. Then they take 10% of that. So they end up being three people or four people because it is such a small number. And I feel like a a lot of, African-American black people um, don't apply to San Antonio just because they had such a like a bad rep around it that they're actively been improving on. Just uh, Dr. Malone was the first black person to graduate from San Antonio. I think he graduated in the late seventies. Okay, so yeah, and he is the guy when I was there, making sure that there are, there's representation mm-hmm. here. So, and he's still there doing his part. And honestly, if it wasn't for Dr. Shout Holmes, out to him. Shout out, <laughs> who knows where I'd be. Cause uh, he, he was really watching out for all of us. And throughout the program, he checked in on us. We'd have a lunch every so often, making sure, hey, are you okay? Cause this is a safe space. Yeah. And I think that also was important too.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean the saying is like you have to see it to be it and just to to know that the first black dentist to graduate was from the 70s it's like 50 40 50 years ago like that's I'm speechless about that like I can't even form a sentence around like yeah how even still like we're trying to break barriers and and then that's the thing too like people like we've come so far and I often tell people like the reason why the civil rights movement photos are always in black and white so people don't realize like it was not that long ago and Um, that like reparations are still real and trying to create space is still real and the fact that like we're maybe still in like 50 years 60 years from like being able to do this sort of work and have access to this sort of stuff is just
0: yeah it truly is like like you mentioned it wasn't that long ago no my dad remembers going to a movie in segregated theater my dad is sixty. 64 you know. Yeah. So it's and then for this moment, when me graduating for him was to go from that to having your daughter as a doctor, yeah. it was just like, you know, I know I don't see him crying, out, but he did feel emotional. Of little so, baby tear, just, <laughs> just, a,
1: just a little a gentle and <laughs> so a single one tear. Yeah, and I think it's just so important of of talking about creating space and and having access but then also like what you being here and being in the space has meant like what have you seen as a dentist with the interactions you have with patients and you know knowing that Austin is still growing but also knowing that like because of populations growing there's going to be people who are are going to search flag dentist Austin and you had given me um, a statistic off mic of like the the number of black dentists between Waco and San Antonio I think that's also super important to touch base
0: on too so uh, my experience uh, well it is based on city to city mm-hmm. uh, so I used to work in Waco Texas north of Austin mm-hmm. and um, again small black population mm-hmm. and not a, i think I was well everybody always knew who I was when I walked into a room they were oh you must be Dr. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Swans because there's not many many. so and so the patient interaction there was a little different because in Waco there's not even a lot of female providers there I would say Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely not a lot of dentists Um, I would say there's a good group but not as much as you would think Mm -hmm. and so coming from behind uh replacing a guy who used to work there because he had to move, and now I'm a female, and I'm young, and I'm black. A lot of my patients had trouble Mm -hmm. and, you know, accepting, like, this is my position now. Um, Coming here to Austin has been a lot easier because the population is younger and more diverse in Waco. Um, But, you know, it's, like I had mentioned off mic, was I don't really, like, Myself on the back a lot, and so when I came to enamel, and I had a patient in my chair, young black female was like, "I googled you. I am here for you." And you know, mm-hmm. when black people look at each other. Mm-hmm. You like, you had that moment, like, "Hey girl, you know, I see you." You know, <laughs> it was like the like the bit that was the best. Like it was better than a pattern on the back that mm-hmm. I could ever give myself. So. It, it's been good it's been nice to be accepted and it's nice to have people see that we are out here mm-hmm. and that they have a space where they can come and feel you know understood yeah because okay. everybody's gonna make you feel welcome right but not everybody's gonna make you feel understood Get it. yeah yeah
1: and I can't remember the, n- the number but you said between Waco and San Antonio is only like
0: 100 or thirty dentists. There was like like thirty black dentists. At the, when I first moved back in two thousand eighteen, I was sitting with the uh, doctor Mason. He's a dentist, black dentist, who's been here for many, many, many years. He was saying because he knows everybody. He's mm-hmm. he's like the grandfather of <laughs> us all. You know. He was saying there's only like thirty of us. Wow. And most of us know each other. Yep. You know. So and that's I like a hundred miles. That's that's a lot of space. It's a lot of highway. You know. And it's just there's way more patients to see when, especially when you walk down a street, there's at least three dentists on the street Mm -hmm. alone. And, you know, they're all going to be walking here. I I I I already text on my, please.
1: I'm already like, I'm basically your LinkedIn. I'm like, hi, (laughs) look no further than, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like it's, the amount of importance it is to have someone, like I said with you, like super patient, explained everything, asked me questions. And I feel like for me being privileged, like I'm super educated, for lack of a better term, I'm quote palatable in white spaces, but even still like for me to advocate in doctor's offices and dentist's offices and having white coat syndrome and you know having parents who have been sick and all that sort of stuff, like for me, going to the doctor and the dentist just causes so much anxiety. And like to be able to like see you here and have conversations with you and just feel like I can breathe, like the amount of anxiety people already have going to the dentist, but then you couple that with being in a space that sometimes doesn't feel like it's for you, even though you're there to get something done, but still like you're afraid the doctor is not going to believe you or they're going to make you feel awkward or people are going to look at you like you don't belong there. And so I'm just going to say like shout out to you and the work that you do. And then also you had mentioned another dentist that
0: you work with who's on the board of the school you went
1: to? Is that what you said? Yeah,
0: Dr. Devin Harris. Me and him graduated in 2018 from San Antonio, and um, uh, I think it was in 2020 where I was added to a Facebook group of black people that graduated from San Antonio, and it was spanned over a number of years. And then the school is asking our input of things that happened to us at the school, mm. good and bad, and more of us had bad experiences, very specific targeted experiences, questioning why, what's our purpose on campus, Mm -hmm. even though we're in full Mm scrubs. Asking to provide, not driver's license, but student IDs to prove that we are supposed to be here. Um, And, you know, comments from older faculty that are kind of out of touch. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think with that the year, you know, with George Floyd, people were taking a lot of doing retrospective a of looks. Mm-hmm. And so we had a, like a Zoom call where we were able to kind of Express things that happen to us and provide guidance on maybe how to avoid those things. And so, from that, sprouted a board of uh, people who are trying to make sure that the student affairs and student experiences there are positive and inclusive and keeping the classes diverse. And Dr. Devin Harris is on that board. Uh, last time I spoke with him about it, and they've been making some really good changes. And I look forward to see what the years, uh, the graduating years look like from time to time. going from single digits. (laughs) Moving up to double digits. Yeah. We got to spread the word so that more people apply so that more people can get accepted. Yeah.
1: And I love that feedback. Like I just did a bunch of stuff with the college I graduated from, from undergrad over the last like two, three years, I've been tapping in So like you're like one of the like people who are doing the most stuff, like you you moved away, you have a whole career, you're doing all these great things. And I've been able to come back and talk to faculty about stuff. And so I love that they reached out to all of y'all, like, hi, you have actual experience of dealing with all of us. How can we do better? And you're like, well, put one of us on the board. And we're going to tell you everything that has happened. And like you're saying, I think the last few years has made specifically universities and companies really do an internal audit of who we are, what can we do, how are we, cre- how are we treating our students of color, and how can we make spaces better? So I'm just like, put more Black people on your board. And yeah. I was like, the more Black people that there are in spaces, the more equitable it's going to be, period, because we have that experience, especially if like you're a Black woman, a Black person who's queer, a Black person with a disability. Like, we are already people who know what it's like to be marginalized and then navigate marginalizations, and we always I feel like we always try to make space for more people. And so like if you add more people of color specifically, but Black people, like we're, we know what it's been like to be on both the outskirts or fringes um, and just not feel like we belong. So we do such a good job of like, making sure that happens. Most of us though. Is there anything that you would tell younger Black people who want to go into dentistry, any sort of wisdom you've learned in dentistry?
0: Well, that's a good question. Thank you. Mm. I would say be persistent and always remember, like, your origin. I feel like what, growing up, some we've all had, like, somebody pour into us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it was your grandma or somebody. Remember those words because it will get tough, and those are the words that are going to pull you through.
1: Yeah, well, I was saying off mic before the, that quote from Scandal, which I'm sure is from somewhere else, but I always credit <laughs> to Scandal. Uh, Olivia, Olivia Pope's dad saying, as Black people, we have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Um, and I like that sentiment because it reminds me of like the work that my ancestors had to do so that I can be here. But it also helps me to kind of break those glass ceilings and push back on spaces of like, we should be able to work just as hard to give just as much. Yeah. And so I love that idea too. Of Like we are just trying to move <laughs> these inches forward so yeah. that people don't have to work as hard as we did to be in these spaces. So I really, I really like that too. Of like be persistent. People are going to say what they want to say about you, but you
0: keep you just, doing you it just and keep have doing fun. It. Like I feel like I was lucky to... Have the friends that I did when I was in school because you know we work hard to get where we are, but a lot of people don't remember to look up because this is still Mm -hmm. at the end of that day, it's life, yeah, and you don't want to not live it. Mm -hmm. And so even though you're working really hard, don't forget to look at you know look up in the stars from time to time. Enjoy where you are. Yeah, be
1: present. I read a quote the other day that. It was, we get so used to our own magic we forget about it yeah and i'm trying to like not do that yeah just like take a minute done great work i'm like trying to validate something about myself every day which has been life-changing
0: look at you I'm like you are
1: <laughs> showing up you are a good person like yes i love that too like keep doing it keep showing up have fun don't get bogged down and just not like yeah i think like i I went on the trip yesterday to Houston. h okay. um, down hold down. Well, my friend had to go pick up her passport and I drove with her. I was like, <laughs> oh, sure, I have no meetings today. Um, but we're, we're in the car and we were talking and I don't like birds, they freak me out. Mm-hmm. But I have a thing about bird nests. Mm-hmm. And so we passed one and I just started laughing. She goes, what? I go, the stuff we care about just doesn't matter. And she goes, what? I was like, I'm like, think, I'm like birds make their houses. Out of sticks and trees that could get chopped down or burned down or blew over at any time and we are worrying about something just doesn't matter you know
0: it never it usually doesn't and she was like this is what you get from birds
1: Like, i oh, go i'm very introspective like, this is what I think about. <laughs> but it's so true like we just worry so much like do they like us Do they not like us are we doing the right thing and i'm like for me it's just been validating myself Of like i like me i like what i'm doing i have good people in my life and if i don't i have the ability to say no and set boundaries but the grand scheme of things, like it's life, we only get one, unless you believe we're a reincarnation, but I just like, we just waste so much time worrying about things that won't matter in five minutes, five years, yeah. five months. Like, yeah, just look up
0: and enjoy where you where you are now. I yeah. like that a lot. I try. Yeah. You're doing it. So if you ever see me on the street and I'm staring up, I'm just trying to be present.
1: <laughs> and if you see Dr. D on the street, you better say hi her.
0: Say hi. Respect boundaries, but, but also say hi.
1: I, I protect her at all costs. Um, Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests a final question. It's a two-part, so you get to pick which one. What is the best advice you're ever given, or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger mm. And it can't be the advice you just gave. Yeah, dang. <laughs> can't reuse.
0: The best advice. So I'm somebody who I'll. Oh nitpick about like, like a mistake I made or, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter.
1: Preach to the choir. Right. It's the same. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, this might not be the best advice, but it's best advice lately I've heard is just stay hydrated and mind your business. Drink water and mind
1: your business. That's right. <laughs> Literally how my skin is so perfect. I tell people all the time. I have great skin because so I drink water and i my business. Yeah. But we're getting on the shirt. <laughs> uh, that's it for, for this week's episode of The Tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Bree. Send me an email at Bree at gmail.com and visit the website at the tea podcastcom Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. A special mm-hmm. thanks to Duke for the Z Music, and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.